First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 669 of First Class Fatherhood, a family-made media podcast. And I got a heavy one for you guys today. Tim Siegel joins me on the podcast. Tim Siegel is the first-class father of Luke Siegel, who was only nine years old back in 2015 when he was involved in a tragic golf cart accident, which left him with a traumatic brain injury. After a six-year battle with everything else going on, Luke caught COVID-19. He died last summer. Luke meant so much to so many people around the world. ESPN did a wonderful documentary about Luke's story. So many players from around the NFL particularly stepped up. Players like Patrick Mahomes have been a big advocate for Luke. In fact, Patrick Mahomes to this day wears a bracelet in honor of Luke Siegel. You even see it on the cover of Madden when Patrick Mahomes was on the cover of Madden. I don't believe he's ever played a game without it. Uh, the day that Luke passed away, Patrick Mahomes tweeted out, R.I.P. Luke, the impact you made in my life will never be forgotten. Drew Brees became a huge supporter of Luke. So many people around the world really were praying for Luke. Luke's father, Tim Siegel, was a men's tennis coach at Texas Tech for many years. And Tim Siegel founded TeamLukeHopeForMinds.org, uh, supporting children after brain injury. You got to go on the website, check out the reviews and the work that they are doing. Again, TeamLukeHopeForMinds.org. The link is going to be in the description of the podcast episode. I know it is that time of year. It's the giving time of year. If you're looking for a place to do good uh, I know so many charities are out there, so many different foundations. You never know if they're legit. You never know where your money is going. You can bet your life that if you donate to Tim Siegel's foundation, TeamLukeHopeForMinds.org, your donation is going to go to help support children after brain injury. There's no doubt about it. Tim's whole life is dedicated to this now. He's got a new book out right now titled Fight Like Luke, Transforming Grief into Love, Strength, and Faith. Tim has lived every parent's worst nightmare. He is also the father of three daughters. His fatherhood journey is still going on, despite the fact that he had to go through the pain and suffering of burying his only son. So as I said, this conversation is going to be a little heavy today. If you're unfamiliar with Luke Siegel's story, I recommend you check out the ESPN documentary. You'll become more familiar with it. You'll see uh, just how much Luke fought for his life in the six years in between his accident and catching COVID-19. Luke was a fighter. He is an inspiration to so many people, and he will continue inspiring as long as TeamLukeHopeForMinds.org is in business. So again, go over, visit, donate, help out. If you can't donate and help out, share the link. Share the link on your social media. You never know the impact you can have uh, just by spreading the word of something like this. Again, Tim Siegel's got a new book out, Fight Like Luke, Transforming Grief into Love, Strength, and Faith. We're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about the organization. We're going to talk about so much more. I'm absolutely honored to have Tim Siegel on the podcast with me today. He will be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Tim Siegel was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. I have a lot of great dads joining me on the podcast before we close out the 2022 year. 
If you have the opportunity, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that is here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Father's Day is every day right here on the podcast. And here comes my interview straight up with Mr. Tim Siegel on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Tim Siegel. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to have you here. Let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I have a 30-year-old from a previous marriage. Her name is Alex, and she has three sons with a daughter on the way. And then I have a 19-year-old daughter, Kate, who's a sophomore at Texas Tech, works in the, in the uh, basketball office as a student assistant at Texas Tech. And then I have a senior uh, daughter in high school named Ellie. Um, and then, of course, I had a son named Luke um, who passed away last year. Yeah, I'm familiar with your story. We're going to jump into that in just a second here. And if you could, Tim, please, for the people who don't know, just take a minute here to hit us with a little bit about your background and what it is that you do. Well, I was the uh, tennis coach at Texas Tech for 23 years. Prior to that, I was a professional tennis player and, and coached at SMU. But then from 1993 to 2015, I was the tennis coach at Texas Tech. Loved coaching, loved developing players, but more importantly, loved teaching them about life and the important things after playing tennis at, at Texas Tech. But I also decided at some point that I wanted to inspire and impact in a different way. And so I decided to resign from Texas Tech uh, in uh, July 8th of 2015 and to become a high school and middle school coach so I could impact these kids in a different way. But more importantly, I left Texas Tech for one reason, and that was to spend more time with my children. At the time, I had a 12-year-old daughter, a 10-year-old daughter, and a nine-year-old little boy. And uh, 20 days after I resigned, I got a phone call that my son Luke was in a golf cart accident. I got to the scene of the accident, and I realized that it wasn't great at all. Um, I didn't know how bad it was, but when I got to the hospital, uh, about a couple of minutes after I arrived in the hospital, my wife and I were put into a room where the gentleman said to me that, that the golf cart Luke was uh, riding landed on top of his chest. And so he suffered head and chest trauma. He was in cardiac arrest for seven minutes um, and, and suffered a, a severe brain injury. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, Tim, your story has been well documented. And, and I, I, I do remember uh, seeing and watching. I know they had the uh, service for Luke. Uh, I know, I think I watched it on YouTube. Maybe it was, they had the whole thing on there. The, and I remember you giving the eulogy and the first thing that you uh, made a point to mention was the to highlight uh, your daughters uh, as you were going through this. And I can only imagine uh, the challenges that must be not obviously for caring for Luke uh, since the accident and everything that happened uh, after, but also to be a father to your other children during that time. What were some of the major challenges for you uh, being a dad to your girls while focusing so much on Luke and, and what was going on with him? That really is the the, the million dollar question, because I knew that um, my daughter has meant the world to me. And the reason I left Texas Tech was to spend more time with my children. But what ended up happening is I spent less time with my daughters because I became the primary caregiver for Luke. For six years, I took care of Luke 24 hours a day. My wife was a nurse practitioner, but she was working a lot. And so um, I, I felt the need to uh, be by his side. Although we were told Luke would never use his limbs, use his voice, or open his eyes. I knew in my heart of hearts that he would be able to do that. And it wasn't until after one year 
Um, we're big New Orleans Saints fans. I'm from New Orleans. And I asked Luke, Luke, move your tongue if you think the Saints are going to win. And he began to move his tongue. And that was the first time I knew deep down that Luke was in there, that he understood. But while I was taking care of Luke and going to his therapies and, and, and being by his side in the middle of night every night, I also knew that my older daughter and my two uh, younger daughters, they needed me as well. And so uh, to be honest with you, Alec, I'm still working on that today. I'm making up for lost time uh, because I am blessed to have three daughters that love having their dad around. Um, they're hurting in, in, in their own way. Um, but at the same time, uh, I'm doing all that I can uh, to be around them as much as possible. And in some ways, not to hide my grief, but to put it aside while I'm with them. Yeah, very well said. I, 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 can't, I can't even begin to imagine the challenges that go along with that and the grief that goes along with that as well. And I know you have a, a new book out now, uh, Fight Like Luke, Transforming Grief into Love, Strength and Faith. What were, walk me through the process of writing this book. Is it, is it getting, I don't want to say easier, but is it getting um, uh, more manageable for you to go through this story, retell the story now and be in a position to help other people who are on the onset of, of suffering through tragedies like this that are hitting families hard? You know, it's been 15 months since Luke, since Luke passed from COVID, August 19th of last year. And, and it's ironic that you mentioned, is it getting more manageable? Whereas last night was really a tough night for me. Um, I have not been able to sleep a full night since Luke passed. Um, Luke was a special little boy. I mean, he was, he was mini me. He would love sports and he loved being around me and uh, just had an incredible work ethic. Want to be the best baseball player in the world. But we also had such a different bond from age nine until 15 when he passed because he was, uh, he was in there. And I know he understood me and I know he felt comfort with me. Um, I wrote a book in 2019 called It's in God's Hands. And that book was about uh, basically the time that I was with Luke, taking care of Luke, giving hope to families. And then this book, last December, I came up with the idea to write a book about grief. And, and so many people go through different types of grief, whether it's losing a job or a relationship or a child or a parent. And so I, I wrote down possible chapters in December and literally could not put pen to paper until April and beginning April, middle of April, I didn't stop from April until the end of June. I wrote this book in two and a half months and it really is a book about grief, uh, but also about the love that I have for my child um, chapters, such as keeping Luke's legacy alive. Um, can I find joy again? Uh, all kinds of things in there that hopefully will help others because what I have done after I left Texas Tech, I knew in my heart of hearts that I would never coach tennis again, that that I need to do something different. And, and in 2018, I started the Team Luke Hope for Minds nonprofit, and we support children after brain injury. Last year, we granted over half a million dollars to families in 40 states. This year, the same. Um, we've actually granted over $600,000. Uh, we've got a waiting list. We are doing all that we can to help families through financial support, education, support groups online. Uh, I'm about to start a, a, a support group for fathers dealing with this because it's so hard for fathers to express themselves and to really uh, dive into what the new life is. And, um, and so this book hopefully will make a difference in some people's lives. Um, 
I would like to think that it was therapeutic, but at times it was anything but that. But, um, you know, I, I feel that Luke is in my heart. Luke is speaking through me when I get in front of uh, students, teams, businesses. Um, I have a, uh, a message. It's called Seven Inspirations from Luke. Find your passion. Don't ever quit. Lean on friends, family, coaches, siblings. Make good choices. Be careful. Have faith. Find forgiveness. And let a loved one's legacy live through you. So I do a lot of speaking. I've spoken in front of almost 7,000 people this year. Uh, I will continue to do that. Um, as difficult as this is, because my little hero is not here with me, I know that my nonprofit, Team Look Up for Minds, um, is, is helping others. And because of that, I'm able to do what I'm doing. Yeah, well, God bless you for what you're doing, Tim. I don't even think you may even realize the impact uh, of your story and what it is having out there. Uh, and so many people that have this kind of resource to, uh, at, at their disposal to use in times like this. And I know that on the cover of the book, you have a, a quote from uh, Patrick Mahomes about what uh, Luke meant to him in his life. And so many different uh, athletes, uh, you know, prominent people have come out and talked about Luke and what they what he meant to them, obviously, with the Drew Brees. What, what, what was it like for you to see that kind of response from so many people? Uh, whose lives Luke was touching all around the world and, and how they, they were able to get involved and, and to bring attention to Luke and his story. What did, what did that mean for you going through all this? You know, at first, uh, I'm from Lubbock, Texas, and the community support in Lubbock was overwhelming. And then I realized through social media, because I post things regularly on uh, my personal page, Pray for Luke Siegel, I realized the impact that, that my writing and just Luke's story was having on so many people not to quit, to fight. And, and uh, it, it is overwhelming. Um, Drew Brees was Luke's hero. And so I reached out to the Saints uh, shortly after Luke's accident. And we went to six or seven Saints games. And Drew Brees promised to throw Luke a pass. And, and one day he did through a, my uh, Luke's friend caught it. Uh, and then uh, we've been to so many games. Luke has the game ball in his room. Um, Drew Brees, I just met with him a few weeks ago. He continues to keep in touch with us. At Luke's funeral, he gave the opening remarks. Um, the New Orleans Saints mean the world to us. Demario Davis is the linebacker for the Saints. He spoke at an event that we just had in May. Drew also has been there. Dick Vitale. Um, Patrick Mahomes was Luke's favorite quarterback at Texas Tech, of course. And after... Luke's accident, Patrick reached out to us. We spent some time with Patrick. He actually wore Mike on the My Cause, My Cleats. He wore a Team Luke Call for Mines. He has never played a game for the Kansas City Chiefs without wearing his Team Luke Call for Mines bracelet on his right wrist. You'll see that at games. You'll see that in every commercial he's been in. So he has meant the world to us. And then the tennis world. You know, John Isner is a very close friend. He's very supportive. Andre Agassi has just been remarkable. He came to an event as well as John and Andy Roddick, um, Brad Gilbert, Justin Gimmelstab, Jimmy Arias. The list goes on and on and on. Um, we've had Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer all send videos to Luke um, before Luke passed. So, you know, the, the sports world means so much to me because it's my way of getting the word out, spreading awareness to what we're doing. But also when it comes to fathers, you know, I... I left Texas Tech to spend more time with my children. And yet 20 days later, the accident happened. And, and I, just, I just find that that's not a coincidence. Something happened there that 
I think in my way that God is using me now to, to bring awareness to our nonprofit, but also talk about the importance of, of loving your children and being with your children and making time for your children. That's what I did before the accident. Um, I was with my children at every sporting event, every practice. Um, I couldn't wait to get home from a Texas Tech tennis match on the road to be with my children. And, and it's still hard for me, not hard, it's almost impossible for me to wake up and find joy. But what I do know is that giving support and giving hope to other families, because I speak to a family almost every day who's dealt with an injury that, that just happened to them. Just two weeks ago, we had our pediatric brain injury conference in Austin, Texas. We had 70 families from 16 states. And to be able to share Luke's story, but also to have those people share their story and feel so much gratitude that what we're doing, it definitely comforts me. Um, but I can tell you, Alec, that, that, um, that there is nothing more painful. And I'm, when I'm talking about pain, literal pain, where my stomach hurts because my son is not here with me. Uh, but I have three daughters, I have three grandsons, a wife, and I know I have to keep going uh, in Luke's honor. And, and one thing I would like to mention, the Texas Tech community has been just so overwhelmingly supportive. The football coach, Joey McGuire, knows how much Luke loves the number three. And so he decided before the season started that nobody gets to wear number three, that they have to earn it. So the team voted on who was the toughest, hardest working biggest fighter on the team and a gentleman named Kobe Miner wears that number three. And so when I watch Texas Tech play and I see that number three in the field, I know that he's playing for Luke. Wow. Wow. That's, that's incredible, Tim. And, and, and you talk about talking to the other families that have just had uh, injuries just spoke there at the pediatric where they're having 70 families. It's gotta be heavy. I would imagine for you, uh, not only to have carrying with you what happened with Luke, but now to listen to these other parents that are in the worst possible point in their life going through this just at the onset of what you went through. And to see that, does that does it make it make you relive everything all over again? Do you empathize with them? And you, it's got to be, I would imagine, it carry a heavy burden with it. Does it. Is it more therapeutic or does it does it hurt you to have to see other families struggling with what you did, had to go through? I think somehow I'm given the strength either from Luke or from God to be able to get me through and give all that I can for those families. So in the moment, um, I'm so grateful that I'm able to help them. And I'm so grateful that they feel the compassion and the, the love for them. But when that visit or that opportunity uh, disappears, then I'm left alone. And yes, at that time, um, I do relive it. I guess the, the the amazing thing about what I do is that I could never do anything else for the rest of my life than what I'm doing right now. At the same time, my job keeps me in to talk about brain injuries, whether it's through families, my staff, uh, raising money. Um, and so it is, it, it's a double-edged sword, but I know that this is what I have to do and what I will do for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I know that those families are, you know, maybe not realizing it at the, in the moment, but will be grateful for that fact that you were there and, and that your organization here, uh, Team Luke Hope for Minds, is available. Uh, and, and, you know, let me bring it back to you, if I could then, Tim, as a father, uh, as far as discipline goes, uh, being a dad, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And how did that change? Like, did it change before Luke's accident and how you are as a disciplinarian 
as a father after uh, uh, Luke's accident? Well, I was someone that, you know, was very, I, I love to communicate with my, with my children. I mean, even to this day, I talk to my daughters multiple times a day. Um, I want to know what's going on in their life and, and I want to be involved with them. Um, I think that being a coach, I expected my children to give everything they had and what they were doing. Certainly on the, 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 uh, the basketball or the volleyball or the tennis court, whatever it was. Uh, Luke was a baseball player who loved to compete. Uh, my daughter, Kate, was an all-state volleyball player and basketball player. And she understood the coach in me expects you to work hard. Well, that applies to life. And so my, my daughters, although they're very different, uh, they understand that, that that's what I expect. As far as discipline, you know, it was difficult because in the last six years, or really now the last seven years, my daughters, heck, one of my daughters, basically her whole teenage years was dealing with a, ch- with a brother who could no longer speak and then a brother who passed away. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a challenge for me to talk about discipline. I think instead of the word discipline, it's just continuing to communicate with my daughters, to be open with them, to have them be open with me. Um, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm unique in a way that I'm, I'm okay to express my feelings uh, about important things, especially when it comes to my son and, and my daughters are not that way. My wife is definitely not that way, but, um, uh, you know, it has, it has changed me for sure. Um, I hope and pray one day I'll have some peace, um, that I'll be able to find joy again. One of the last chapters of my book says, you know, can I find my joy again? I know that I will, I'm not there yet. Um, but I do know this, if I weren't doing this job, and I don't look at it as a job, this is my passion. If I weren't doing this, I don't know that I could survive. Yeah, incredible, Tim. And, and you talk about finding joy again. Uh, I know you mentioned that you have at least three grandkids, another one on the way. What has that experience been like for you becoming a grandfather? Uh, and uh, what, does that help you at all through this process of being able to be a grandfather to your grandkids? It actually has. I went through a stretch um, early in this year when I wasn't spending as much time with my grandsons or my daughters because I was just dealing with so much pain and grief. And it's very easy in some ways almost to be selfish with my pain, um, that it was always about how I was feeling. Um, and then my, my oldest daughter sort of uh, said, look, I, my, grand, my sons need to see you more. And so in the last couple of months, I have certainly been that grandfather. And they have given me that joy. My daughters give me the, my, my joy. Um, uh, my wife and I have gone through uh, very challenging times these last seven years. But the love that we have for each other will never change. But my grandsons have given me a joy that I actually didn't know that I could find, especially not this early. Wow. Yeah, incredible. And now we got the book out now, uh, Fight Like Luke, Transforming Grief into Love, Strength, and Faith. And, and we got the foundation team Luke hope for minds. Uh, I'm going to put the links to both of those in the description of this podcast episode. Hopefully all of my parents will go and, and all my listeners will go and check it out. What, what's next for you here, Tim, what are you working on right now? Uh, what's in the pipeline for you? Well, we have events throughout the year. Uh, we have an event um, called hope for the holidays, uh, December 3rd. We're doing that. Um, we have, um, very good opportunity to bring in Patrick Mahomes next spring for an event. We have golf tournaments. We have third-party events. The biggest thing for us is that 
we are getting an application almost every day. And so it's really about trying to raise money through national partners, through mission partners. Um, so, you know, I, I would say that everyone that's listening can make a difference in trying to help families with brain injury. TeamLukeOfForMinds.org is our website. Also, you can go to Luke Siegel on YouTube and see, you know, the ESPN story that came out, a father, a son, and, and, and the saints. Um, there's just so many different things that have, that have been um, uh, talked about. Um, I don't know that I've ever been anywhere in Lubbock, Texas, any one day where someone doesn't come up to me and say, hey, I'm praying for you. Uh, your son means the world to me. You've changed the way my son prays. So many different things. I've spoken to schools and just recently in FCA and Lubbock Christian University Athletic Department. When I have someone come up to me and with tears in their eyes saying, I'll never forget your son, you know, it just, it, it, it motivates me to keep going. Yeah, well, and as I say, God bless you, Tim. I really think that God is using you uh, to deliver such a message of hope to so many people who definitely need it. So uh, props to you for everything that you're doing. And last thing I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Well, you know, it's funny. When I was, when I was in college, I knew I wanted to be a dad, even back then. And when I was um, at Texas Tech, and I had my little girl. Um, I, I remember watching a baseball game and I couldn't wait to be to, to be able to be in the stands watching my son play. And so all I can tell you is that there is nothing greater. There's not a greater responsibility. There's not a great, greater treasure. And just overall, I just love being a father so much. And, and I've, I've often heard that, you know, the more you love, the more you grieve. I don't know if anyone could love a child any more than I love my son or my daughters or my grandsons. And I will say this to parents is that um, the important thing is, is to communicate with your spouse um, through the tough times, through the good times, through every time and, and know that every single chapter in your child's life is better than the one before and um, to be involved. So many times fathers are traveling and their work takes them away. Be as involved as possible. Life goes so quickly and, and um, never take anything for granted because in one half a second, my life changed, my son's life changed, his friend's life changed. Um, and so it could happen to you. Make sure you take every precaution uh, to keep your children safe uh, and to love those children and to spend time with your children. And most of all, communicate with your children. Very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Tim Siegel, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. First Class Fatherhood is a family-made media podcast. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com or www.familymade.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.